Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we want to welcome you to uh, church. If you're joining us for the first time, especially, we want to welcome you. We're glad that you're a part. And um, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors on staff. Um, I've got a really good word for you today that I think is going to be really uh, encouraging and convicting at the same time. But before we do, I, I really want to pray for Israel. I just think that's so important that we just continue uh, to do this. There's a lot going on with Israel right now, and so I want to pray for them. So if you would stand with me this morning, let's just all stand. We'll pray together. I'm going to read um, Psalms 124 to us, and this is the psalmist. He says, what if God had not been on our side? Let all Israel admit this. What if God had not been there for us? Our enemies, in their violent anger, would have swallowed us alive. The nations, with their flood of rage, would have swept us away, and we would have drowned and perished beneath their torrent of terror. We can praise God over and over that he never left us. God wouldn't allow the terror of our enemies to defeat us. We are free from the hunter's trap. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. For the same God who made everything, our creator and almighty maker, he himself is our defender and our maker. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you remember your covenants and your promises toward Israel, especially when others rise up to swallow her alive, Lord, when their wrath is, is just kindled against your people. God, that... <clears throat> We know that you're faithful, that they will not be prey in their hands, Lord, that you protect Israel. And Lord, right now, in the authority that you've given us through Jesus Christ, we loose your messengers, your angels, Lord, to go and do warfare in the realm of the Spirit. We take authority over principalities and powers, over spirits of darkness in that region, and we rebuke them. In the name of the Lord, and we declare the plans of the enemy null and void and powerless against your people, God. Lord, we pray that you give the leadership their wisdom, yes. that you guide and direct them. Yes. And Lord, we pray for the peace of Israel. Yes. We pray for the peace of Israel, Lord. And God, more than all of this, we pray that the revelation of your son, Jesus Christ, will be revealed to them as the Messiah. Lord, that they would come to know Jesus as the Messiah, that their eyes would be opened, that their minds would be opened, and God, that they would have a real encounter with the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We thank you today, Lord, that your hand is upon Israel to protect and to guard in these days to come. In Jesus' name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we ask this, and everyone said, Amen and amen. You can be seated. Well, I want to welcome you if you're joining us by podcast or our live stream. I want to welcome you uh, to our service. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about dreams and visions. Dreams and visions that God uh, has, has given you. I, I believe God places dreams and visions in all our hearts. 
And they're so important. Dreams and visions for our lives, for the future, is so important. It's, it's important for our mental health. It's important for our emotional health. It's, it's, it's very important for our spiritual health that, that we see dreams and visions fulfilled in our lifetimes and that we continue to receive dreams and visions from the throne of God into our lives. Just, it's just so very important. that Dreams and visions keep us expectant and hopeful, amen? You know, a, a person who has dreams for their life, a person who has vision for their life, it gives you a reason to get up, right? It, it pushes you forward. So, so important that we have these in our lives. But the, but the difficult thing about seeing dreams come to pass is the time involved in seeing them fulfilled. Amen? I mean, let's just be honest. Because, you know, God gives us dreams and God gives us visions and, and clearly they don't happen overnight. You know, they, lots of times they don't come within a week, they don't come within a month. Lots of times dreams and visions are things that are cultivated over months and even years of time in our life. And clearly we can look at scripture and we can see that the scripture set a precedent for this. We see that God kind of moves on a different timetable than us and, and that can make it difficult because time is involved in seeing them come into fruition. And we've all been in a place where, you know, we're, we're wanting certain things to come to pass, right? We've all been there. We, we all have dreams that we want to transpire you know maybe it's to move out of an old season and to move into a new season maybe it's for God to bring a mate into your life or uh, a, a ministry desire that you have to be fulfilled or maybe a promotion at work or a, a move or a new home I, I, don't, I don't know what that dream or that vision is for you but so much of our dreams being fulfilled involves waiting. And so remaining hopeful and faithful is not easy. It's not easy. That's why we are encouraged often in the scripture to remain hopeful and faithful because the amount of time that is involved in seeing them fulfilled and the difficulties and the obstacles that we encounter along the way before they are sometimes can just be really discouraging. Let's just be honest. They can be. And it's especially hard when things don't happen on our timetable. You ever been there? You know, you, you kind of had a timetable. You, you had an idea of what you thought or when you thought or how you thought. And then it just, the whole thing just kind of, it just collapsed on you. It's like, wait, what? I thought God was going to do it this way. I thought it was going to happen at this time with this person in this season at this moment. I even, you know, we get that charismatic thing. I even felt the winds of change. No, you just ate late. <laughs> That's all it was. You got to discern the difference between the Holy Spirit and eating at 11 o'clock at night. A chili cheese burrito, you know, that's just, it's not a good idea. But the, but the devil's really good at taking delays and setbacks and obstacles in our life and using them to cause us to forfeit our dreams, just to give up. Well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. I guess it isn't going to happen. I guess that's not in the cards for me or not in the cards for our family or my child or my friend or, or whatever. And there's such a great example in Judges chapter 6, and that's why I had you turn there, but we're going to be looking at the life of Gideon. 
Now, um, Gideon and the people of Israel are in a really peculiar position because um, not unlike before, they are once again under attack, just like we see Israel today. I mean, Israel has come under attack over and over again. And, and the reason that they have, so, just so you know, they're God's prized possession. And we're a spiritual Israel. Amen? So we're God's prized possession. So Gideon and his people are under attack by the Midianites. And so basically what would happen is every seven years, the Midianites would come and they would attack God's people and they would rob them of everything that they had. I mean, they would strip their um, produce, everything that they've harvested, they would come and, and destroy it and take it from them. They would rob them of their livestock. They just took everything from them. It, it, about the time that they felt like they were starting to have some momentum and move forward, bam. The enemy, he would come again. Every seven years, this, this cycle would happen to them. And we come in this story with Gideon. He's down in a wine press, okay, threshing out wheat. Now, the wine press is a place that is designed for making wine, not threshing wheat. When you thresh wheat, you usually want to be on a hilltop where the wind's blowing and you're, you're you know, using your pitchfork to separate the chaff, which is the outer shell of the kernel of wheat from each other. The chaff, the, the, the lighter stuff would be blown away, the kernel would fall to the ground and you would harvest your wheat. But because they were in such fear of the Midianites, he's in hiding down in a pit and he's trying to thresh out this wheat down in this pit. And so it's, it's a really bad situation. He's in a place in life where the enemy has robbed from him. The enemy has stolen from him. And, and you know, church, you know, I, I, I'm sure Gideon, it, it, at some point in his life, this was not what he had in mind. This was not the life that Gideon had planned for himself or for his family or for his children or for his people, whatever. This, this wasn't the dream wasn't the dream. This is not the vision. At some point in his life, I can promise you, he didn't wake up and go, man, I just wished I was down in a wine press somewhere hiding from the Midianites who come and destroy everything that we have every seven years, and I just live in fear. No, that wasn't, that wasn't the dream. And so here he is, because of these attacks and because of these setbacks, his dreams have been abandoned, and now the enemy has got Gideon down in a pit. I mean, just a pit. You ever been there? A pit? A self-pity pit? <laughs> Aren't they fun? A pit of despair? A pit of hopelessness? This is where Gideon is. He's, he's down in this, this pit. And in this wine press, it's, it's a place where, where grapes are crushed. And in the crushing, wine comes forth. And God's so good that he does that in our lives, even when we encounter pits and obstacles and we, and we face problems. God has the, the ability supernaturally, as Romans 8 says, to take the things that were meant for our destruction and turn them for our good. 
See, God can make wine out of the crushing. And so we just see Gideon down in this, this, this pit. And I think oftentimes we are in a season where it feels as if we are in a pit of despair. And in these moments, church, we have to recall God's promises. We have to recall the visions that God has given us. A pit of despair, heartache, lack. Gideon is God's child, but instead of, of thriving, Gideon's he's just surviving. And that's where the enemy wants to get us. He wants to move us from a place of thriving just to a place of surviving. We're just trying to get through another day. Somehow, some way, I gotta muster the energy and the strength to do this one more time. And the problem with seeing dreams fulfilled and our visions fulfilled and the amount of time that it takes for them to come to pass and the obstacles and the attacks and the difficulties that we face, the, the, the problem is, is oftentimes when we are in the middle of those circumstances, instead of fighting the good fight of faith, we succumb to the struggle. We give in to it because we get tired. It's like good grief. How long do I have to fight this health battle? How long do, how long do I have to pay, pray for my prodigal? How, how long are, am I going to have to deal with this family problem? You know, how, how long is this unforgiveness going to bring separation between me and someone that I used to have relationship with? You know, it, it's a struggle. It, it's hard. It, it's difficult. And, and, and what Gideon did, influenced by the circumstances that he was in the middle of, instead of fighting the good fight of faith, he adjusted his relationship with God around the struggle. He changed it. He allowed his life experiences to reshape his thinking and he forfeited his dream, his vision. He, more than that, he forfeited his identity. See, Gideon shifted everything from thriving, the abundant life, to surviving, just trying to make it. And, and you know, church, listen, thank God he loves us too much to leave us in that pit. Aren't you so glad? I mean, can we not all think of times when we were in a pit and we thought, how am I ever going to get out of this? How, you know, is there, we don't even see any light at the end of the tunnel. It is just so difficult. It is so hard. This problem is so big. I, I don't even see how I can get out of it, but thank God we've all had those moments, amen, where God came and God reached down in our moment of despair when we were crying, when we were hopeless, when we were hurting, and he reached down into that miry clay, man, and I mean God just pulled us up, come on, and he set our feet up on that solid ground. We all have those moments. Thank God for those moments, and we have to remind ourselves of those moments when we're in this kind of situation like Gideon is in. So God sends a messenger, an angel, to Gideon, right in the middle of his situation, to speak to him, to encourage him. Now, angels take different forms. Sometimes angels can be a best friend. Sometimes angels come in the form of a family member. Sometimes angels come in the form of a 
of a set of circumstances. Sometimes angels come in the form of a, a quickening in your spirit as you read the word, right? Angels speak to our hearts. And so there's this messenger that comes to Gideon in the midst of his battle, in the midst of his struggle, and appear to him. And that's exactly what God does for us. So what is the message? What's the message? What, what does the angel say to Gideon down in this pit? What does he say to him? Well, let me tell you what he didn't say to him. He didn't come to him to say, I'm going to prescribe you an antidepressant for this situation. Now hear me out, hear me out, <clears throat> because if you're taking them, I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm not against medicine. I take medicine, I take it for my blood sugar. You know, if I get a headache, I pray, but if the good Lord doesn't heal me, a couple ibuprofen, they come right along to help. So I, I'm, not, I'm not attacking you in that area, but, but here's what I am attacking. The mentality of us moving to medicine the first moment a sign or problem happens. <clears throat> and, and the angel did not come to him and prescribe an antidepressant to him. The angel didn't tell him, listen, hear me out, hear my heart, hear my heart. The angel did not tell him how sorry he was that he had been robbed all these many years by the enemy and talk about how unfair life had been to him, even though it had been. Understand me. No, God supernaturally appeared to Gideon to give him a revelation, a revelation. Now, church, I want you to understand, when I am preaching, or when Josh is preaching, especially when Josh is preaching, or when Tim is preaching, sometimes we say hard things. But we say hard things because we've lived through hard moments. And if, if, if there, there is a time of, I'm so sorry, let me hug you, let me cry with you. But when we're up here, we can't do that. We're not, we, we're not in a position where we can come spend time and hug. What we've got to do is we've got to bring God's message. And we're not going to climb down in a pit with you unless, unless we're going to give you the way out. And that's what this angel did. This angel came to Gideon not to console him and stay down in a pit. His goal was to get Gideon out of that pit. And that's my whole message today. You gotta climb out of your pit. Now look what he revealed to him. It's the first thing he said to him. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Verse 12. Mighty hero, the Lord, he is with you. And it wasn't until God corrected Gideon's identity and his understanding of his relationship with God, it wasn't until that was defined and corrected that he received his mission. Dream, vision, direction. 
See, God's dream for Gideon was way bigger than any dream Gideon had for himself. See, God not only wanted Gideon to rise up out of a pit of hopelessness, he had a mission for Gideon. And God's got a mission for you and me and all of his kids. But sadly, I want you to notice that, you know, take time this week, read chapter 6 and 7. But I just want you to notice, even though an angel, <laughs> an angel, a messenger, appeared to him and spoke very clearly, all we see is Gideon giving all the reasons as to why he can't climb out of his pit. I mean, he goes into this whole scenario. God, where have you been? You, let's just talk about it. Where have you been when my husband divorced me? When my mate had an affair on me? Where, where were you when I lost the job? Where, where were you when you, you were supposed to come through for me and you didn't come through for me, you failed me. Where, where were you? See, he, he's going through a scenario of the, the Midianites come, they rob us, they take from us. God, where have you been? So he describes all of these circumstances over the past years. He talks to the angel about how bad he has had life experiences happened to him and how God failed to come through. And, and then Gideon starts talking about his, his clan. He, he goes to his family next. He's like, I, I'm in the lowest clan. I mean, we're, we're like, you know, out of the 12, we're 12. <laughs> and, 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 and on top of that, not only are we of the lowest clan, I'm the lowest family in the clan. <laughs> you know, I'm the lowest of the low. Are you glad that God comes to the lowest of the low? I was, the, listen, I was the lowest of the low. If any of y'all used to watch Jerry Springer, my family highlighted on that show. I'm just letting you know. We were on it. <laughs> and God responds to Gideon. But he doesn't acknowledge not one thing that Gideon says. Not one. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That's what God says to him. See, God appeared to Gideon to speak to his identity. His identity. God needed to realign Gideon's perception of who he was and whose he was because he lost it in the midst of the struggle. He lost it in the midst of the obstacle, of the hurt, of the tragedy. Somewhere along the way, he lost it. And there's a really important truth being revealed here. And that truth is this. Your circumstances will not change until your identity changes. So often, what do we pray? God, change my circumstances. 
If I could just move to this town, if I just had a different husband, if my kids, if my wife, if my job, if my situation, I would be happy if it wasn't for fill in the blank, whatever it is. And there's an important truth. God's message to you today is hell, virtuous daughter of the king. Hell, mighty man of God. That's God's message to you today. And oftentimes we make the mistake of placing the importance on God changing our circumstances and God puts the importance on changing our identity. Our identity. God's way more concerned about changing our identity, that we are a child of the King, that we're in covenant with God. We have the promises of God's covenant available to us. See, if you get a revelation of who you are and whose you are, you're going to look at your circumstances very differently. Very differently. You'll look at the Midianites of life in a completely different way. All of a sudden, the problem in your life that's so huge and so big, it pales in comparison to the awesomeness of God and how big God is. And and whatever circumstance that you're facing today, God wants to redefine himself to you as the great I am, the great I am. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? I am whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. That's what I am means. See, I am language is so important. God uses it, we gotta use it. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am victorious. I am God's child, amen? I am greater than this situation that I'm facing right now. See, that's why God uses that, that language. God had not destined Gideon to live in a pit any more than he's destined any of us to live in a pit of despair and brokenness and unhappiness. But, but when we fail to understand our kingdom identity and our relationship with our heavenly father, we will wind up in a pit. And if you're in a pit today, I want to tell you, <clears throat> Your circumstances are not what need to be corrected. It's your heart posture. It's all about proximity. Bring yourself back into proximity. Get back under the shadow of the Almighty. Bring yourself back in close. Come in near to Him. The, the, the problem, the, the, the obstacle, the struggle, the hurt, the rejection, the, the low self-esteem, the, the fear, the anger, the jealousy, it's trying to separate you from your father and that identity flowing from his throne and his kingdom into your heart and into your mind. And see, as we get back in proximity to the father, then we reestablish that link. We've been grafted in the vine, right? So the sap, the sap of God's anointing can flow into our lives. Gideon was so confused over his identity. He was so confused, listen to this, he was so confused that when the angel came to him in that pit, it was just him and the angel, there wasn't anybody else there, the angel said, hell, mighty hero, the Lord is with you, and you know what Gideon did? Where? I mean, the guy started looking around. What, where? Gideon, I'm talking to you, bro. I'm talking to you. 
He, he had allowed his circumstances to influence him to the point that even, hear me, even when God sent an angel from heaven to speak truth to him, he didn't believe it and he, he couldn't even, he could receive it. See, once you stop abiding in the presence and meditating God's words, you lose your identity, you, you lose your vision, you lose your passion, you lose your hope, you lose your dreams. You can't walk in your divine assignment and achieve victory until your identity aligns with what God says about you. And that's why it's so important that you don't rehearse your hurts. You rehearse the goodness of God in your life. Don't give mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to what happened to you. You can't go down the highway of life looking in the rearview mirror. You've got to be looking out the front window. God, here's what you've got for me. Here's the future for me. You've got a future for me. You want to bless me. You want to prosper me. Yes, I may have been through something hard, but God, you've got something better on the other side. See, that's, that's how we identify as children of God. And there's some listening here today, and, and you know you've allowed the enemy to rob you. The enemy has made your ear a garbage can for him to dump a bunch of lies. And I'm here to tell you, your ear is not a garbage can for the enemy to lie to. Your ear is a child, uh, your, your ear is, is God's ear. Your, your mouth is God's mouth. Your body is God's body. You are his child. You are his vessel for him to pour his goodness into you're too old you're too young you're not smart enough you're not tall enough you're not gifted enough you're not talented enough you're not handsome enough you're not pretty enough what is it what is it that you're rehearsing I don't have enough money I was just born into the wrong family. We've never had anything. Alcoholism's always running my family. Everybody in it, I'm probably gonna be one. You know. What is it that you're rehearsing? I'm here to tell you today, climb out of that pit and know who you are in Christ. Hell, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. He's with you. I challenge you today, revive your dreams. What, what dreams used to stir you? What used to get you excited? What used to wake up, man, you had vision. You, you had a dream for a company. You had a dream for a ministry. You had a vision for God to use you. You had a, a vision for this, this relationship. Or I, I, I don't know what it was or f- for you that, that you were dreaming, but God wants to revive your dream today. And my assignment is to bring you back into alignment with the Father. With the Father. Keep putting action behind your faith. Now listen, once again, God is merciful and He is compassionate and He is sympathetic. And the Bible says that, that He's near to the brokenhearted. As a matter of fact, the scripture says a smoldering wick he will not put out in a bent reed. He will not break. I mean, God is so close to us in our times of trouble and despair. The Bible says that God bottles every tear that we cry. And many of us in this room, we we faced hard things and we've cried tears. Many, many, many tears. But I want you to understand, church, tears don't move the hand of God. Faith moves the hand of God. Faith moves God's hand. 
our faith. Faith gets, gets God's attention. Faith causes the supernatural flow of the kingdom to come into your life. That's what faith does. And so you've got to start fo stop focusing on your inadequacies and your circumstances, and you've got to put your focus on the Lord because the devil would love nothing more to keep us in a pit of self-pity. And I'm just going to tell you, self-pity is demonic. It is so demonic. And trust me, if anybody knows what that feels like, it would be me because I've had to fight it in my lifetime. I've had to fight it. This is what you say out of your mouth. God, I know you're faithful. God, my trust and my confidence is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's what comes out of your mouth. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon formed against me can prosper. See, that's, that's the kind of conversation that you have to have with the devil. Take your God-given authority over the enemy, over the enemy. So you've got to protect that seed. You've got to protect that dream that, that God's given you. I'll, I will never forget, oh man, it's probably 20 plus, 25 years, I don't know, it's been a long time. My wife and I, when we were fairly newly married, and we went to a conference in um, Houston, Texas at Lakewood Church. John Osteen was the pastor at that time, and um, we were there. We were young, we were starting out new in the ministry, and I, I'd never been in anything so big. There was like 8,000, 10,000, I mean, it was huge. There was tons of people there at this conference, and there were people from all over the world. He was very evangelical and supported a lot of missionaries. I don't know, some of y'all heard him and heard him preach. He really influenced me a lot in my early days. I used to, want to, I used to try to preach just like him because he had a message of faith, and, it just, and I needed that. It so inspired me. And while we were there at the conference, you know, there was a lot of different people that spoke, and he spoke, and it, I'm sure it was all good. I don't really remember any, any of it, but I do remember one moment when he was talking. He was talking about the children of Israel after God had delivered them out of Egypt, and they were out in the wilderness, and they were getting ready to go into the land of promise. And he was in the book of Deuteronomy, and he, he was reading about when you go into the good land, don't forget me. And he said, when you start being blessed and you start prospering, don't forget me. Don't forget that I was the one that provided for you in the wilderness, right? When you had nothing, I provided everything. And, and then he said this one thing. He said, and then when you build your good houses, and he stopped. And he just said, see, God wants you to have a good house. Now, I, I don't know what happened. And, I w and, and, and in some ways, I wished it never had happened. Y'all know how it is with dreams and visions. They almost torment you sometimes. But, but God just deposited that in my spirit. I want to bless you with a good home. Well, I had that, in, I, that, that birthed in my heart. I don't even know if I even mentioned it to my wife, Angela, or not. I don't think I did. But I'm telling you, my head was swimming. I mean, I was just like, what is happening? Well, Months pass, 
Still there, years past, years past, it's still there. I even tried to pray the dumb thing away. Like, I, I, God, I, you know, that's selfish for me to be wanting a house. Why would I want a house? There's a lot of people who don't even have homes. There's people who don't have anything to eat. I'm wanting a house. How selfish of me. And so I would try to convince myself that that what, but no, it, it would not leave me. See, a lot of times that's how you know it's a God-given dream. Over 20 years passed since I received that dream, almost 25 since God gave me that dream. And that, let me tell you something about, let me tell you something about dreams and visions. Dreams and visions, they get, they birth, they die, they resurrect, and then they die again. And then they resurrect again. Because you can't keep the seed, the, the seed, the divine power of God in the ground. It's always going to come forth. And it just kept resurrecting. Well, some 20, 25 years later, my wife and I built our dream home this past year and moved into it. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. And I come home every day with a smile on my face. I love it. I love it. I come home, I fix my coffee, I sit on my back patio, and I, and I cry. And I thank God for his goodness. But here's the thing. <laughs> Between the time that I got that dream and the time that it happened, I lost my father to cancer, my mother to a heart attack, and my 20-year-old son to a disease, and a lot of other things. Along the way, And I want you to understand when I preach or when Tim or Josh, when we preach, we preach what we're walking through. Or we preach what we've learned or experienced or encountered from the goodness of God in the things that we face in our own personal lives. You've got to understand this, church. God, what am I saying? God is greater than any enemy that comes against you. For Gideon, it was the Midianites. What Midianites coming against you today? What Midianite is it in your life right now that is trying to keep you in a pit of despair? Listen, don't allow a limited mentality to hold you back. Whatever you're facing today, tell yourself, listen, tell yourself this, this too shall pass. Because it will. Now, I know right now you're thinking that it won't. I know you're thinking right now it's impossible. It's, it's totally impossible. How could it possibly ever pass? But nothing in this life lasts. This too shall pass. This world is temporary. The kingdom of God is permanent. Tell yourself, tell yourself this. This is a good one. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be against me? Setbacks and difficulties are inevitable. 
And, and I want you to remember, remember this, attacks against you doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. That can mean you're doing everything right. I had all kinds of attacks. My wife and I, we've had all kinds of struggles and attacks come against us being in the ministry. And it wasn't because I was willfully living in sin. I live repentance. I, I try to live right, right before God. Now, I always do it. I don't always hit the mark. I miss it. I sin just like everybody else, but that's not my heart. That's not my lifestyle. I'm not given to habitual sin. And, and you've got to understand, lots of times, the fact that you're doing something right and you're stirring up the darkness because of your light that the enemy is going to attack you. He's going to attack your kids. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack your finances. He's going to attack everything that he can. And the goal of the enemy, John 10, 10, just like the Midianites, kill, steal, destroy. But, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. The devil will do everything that he can to get you to concede defeat. Even Jesus faced obstacles. Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, full of the Holy Spirit, faced all kinds of obstacles. Jesus, your relatives died. Should have been here on time. Too bad you were late. He's dead. Jesus, there's a lot of sick people around here that need healing. Jesus your disciples, they've denied you. They've all fled. They're all hiding. Jesus, they're, they're persecuting you. <clears throat> they're accusing you falsely. Jesus, they're going to convict you of something that you didn't do and put you on a cross and kill you unjustly, illegally. But see, Jesus didn't allow it to influence who he knew he was and who had called him to fulfill his mission. And I want to close with this. I don't know what you're facing. Those of you listening by podcast or by live stream, I don't know what circumstances that you're in, but whatever it is, I want you to know you're more than a conqueror. You're in covenant with Almighty God. However serious you were when you got saved, God was 10,000 times more serious. And God is a God who is faithful to fulfill his promises. That is the one thing God always will be is faithful. He cannot not be faithful. He's only faithful. And, and the Bible says he is faithful to a thousand generations. See, circumstances change when your thinking changes. You can always know this, right alignment precedes right assignment. And we'll say that again, right alignment precedes right assignment. God can't give you your assignment until he gets your alignment correct. And that's what my goal was in sharing this with you. Don't live in a pit any longer. Today is your day to climb out. If you've been living in a pit, of despair or fear or anger or unforget. I don't know what it is for you, but today God has sent me to tell you to climb out of that pit, take your identity and move forward into what God has for you. And as you do, you're gonna see the enemy defeated. 
You're going to see your dreams come true. You're even going to see new dreams burst in your heart and new visions come alive in your heart because you've moved yourself back into proximity of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. There and only there can we walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Amen? Amen. Y'all in agreement with me? Stand with me this morning. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to dismiss. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for all of those who are here with us today and all of those listening. Lord, we pray that your word convict, challenge, encourage, and motivate us. Just as you used Gideon, the lowest of the lows, a person that nobody else would have picked, that, that most people would have looked over. God, you picked him to display your mighty power because you wanted the glory. And God, thank you that you picked us to be that for our generation in this moment of time, in this season, for our families, for our friends, for our community, for our country. God, you are raising us up out of that pit and calling us to walk into our true identity so that we might fulfill the promises of God for our generation. God, use us, empower us, and help us. And we know that you will, God, because your word says, go in the strength that you have, for I am with you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.